2 Peter chapter number 3, and let's look at verse 17 and verse number 18. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things, before beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now I want to take the text now from verse number 18. He said, but grow in grace. Are you growing? And in knowledge, do you know more today than you did yesterday? Of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Brother Daniel, do the honor. Amen. Amen. Holy living is different than living in this world. Holy living is a separated living where we should be growing. Looking there in verse number 18 now. But grow in grace. Are you growing? If you're growing in grace, you're growing in holiness. And if you're growing, have you ever heard this statement? Something stunned, stunned, stunned that growth. I'm going to have to stutter to get it out. Stunned that growth. What stunned our growth? In Christ. Let me deal with a few things tonight that may have stunted your growth in holy living. I believe that the church as a whole is suffering right now. Not just here, but all around the world. They're suffering. Why do you say that, preacher? Well, if you remember in the 60s, when Madeline O'Hare started her rampage, it hadn't slowed down since then. Amen. Anton LaVey come out in 69 with the Satanic Bible. Now think about that. How many years before that would that not even have been allowed? And now, what is going on in the world right now? I saw a post the other day that made a lot of sense to me. Showed two dead bodies in a grave, nothing but bones. And it said, one man and one woman. We've never found anything other than one man and one woman. There is no other genders. There is none. God made them male and He made them female. What's going to stun our growth? In believing the things of this world. That'll sure stunt your spiritual growth. Amen. Listen, if you're not reading this book, if you're not hearing the word preached, you're going to have a stunted growth. Turn a little bit backwards in the book of Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 15. The Bible said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. How wise is your walk tonight? Do we have any dire devils in the crowd? <laughs> Always wanted to just right on the edge. 
I, I was hearing somebody preach, and I can't remember where I heard it last week. Who I heard so much preaching last week. But they were talking about NASCAR drivers and how that they wreck, tear up millions of dollars worth of things, and next week they'll have another car out there. You know what makes a NASCAR driver wreck? One of two things. Somebody else will hit them and knock them out. Or you are supposed to drive those vehicles right on the edge of a wreck. That's the only way you can ever get the most out of it is to drive it right to the edge of a wreck. A half a mile an hour faster and you're going to collide the wall. Amen. And I thought, you know, a lot of folks don't know that. How's your spiritual life? We ought to be so involved with God that we're right on the verge of a wreck every day. Don't make sense to you yet, does it? You say, preacher, why would we want to be right on the verge of a wreck every day? So when we stand before God, He can say, welcome thou good and faithful servant. We don't want to stand before God and say, boy, I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have said that. I wish I'd have went there. I wish I'd have heard that preacher. I wish I'd have invited those folks. Because we never stayed right on there. You know, you know the reason a lot of folks don't invite folks? They're afraid of the answer they'll get. Amen. I remember right here in my church had a young man, young Christian. He wasn't a young man. He's same age as me just about. He wanted to go visit him, but he is a young Christian. I said, now let me tell you before we go, you're going to get cussed. I said, you liable to see anything, hear anything? Now, are you tough enough? Oh, yeah. I've been in some of the worst bars in this country, and I knew he had. And I thought, you ain't seen nothing Do you go witnessing for God. We went to a home not far up the road here, knocked on the door, and I knew the gentleman well. He cussed me like a yard dog. I stood there and said, howdy, thank you. I want to invite you to church. Boy, we got back to the church and that old boy said, I don't know if I can handle this or not. I said, I was afraid you couldn't because you're a novice. Amen. Listen, you got to be tough hide. You got to really be tough to drive right on the edge. Amen. I'll never forget in Jamaica one day, it, uh, we were checking out, coming home, and we were there at the airport and this Jamaican was in a wheelchair. And I handed him a gospel track. He wadded it up and throwed it down. He said, I don't want nothing to do with you white people and your blue-eyed religion. Well, that just fired me up. I said, let me tell you, my Savior wasn't white or blue-eyed. My Savior was a Jew. He was dark-skinned, dark hair. Amen. He wasn't a black man. He wasn't a white man. I said, in the condition you're in, sitting in a wheelchair, you sure need Jesus with the attitude you got. And I just kept telling him. He just kept cussing me and cussing me and cussing the blue-eyed white religion and all of that. His man rolled him away. Brother Glenn said, boy, he barked up the wrong tree, didn't he? You're going to have to be tough if you're going to be a Christian. Being a Christian is not for jellyfishes. 
Hey, I'm wondering, are you really growing? How much of a cussing would it take to get you out of the house of God? Oh, I'm, I'm going to help you right now. I may kill you, but I'm going to help you. You can't even take somebody talking about your shoes or your hairdo or the lack thereof. Right? We're so thin-skinned Christians. We come in the house of God, and if everybody in the building don't make a special trip just to talk to me, I go home pouted up, don't you? Oh, yeah. I won't speak to nobody for a week. Right? They didn't talk to me. I'm going back down there. Boy, you're really growing. You're really growing. Let me me help somebody tonight. Have you ever noticed when you were a child, you and your neighbor, you and your classmates, you might have the awfulest fight it ever was. Next day, you was hugging on each other and playing ball together. Just like nothing ever happened. Boy, that don't happen in God's house, does it? God's family hold a grudge now forevermore. Amen. Are you growing? If you're not growing, you're sure not growing in holiness. I'll guarantee you there ain't a soul in this building can walk on water even if you know where the stumps was. How many of us have ever fallen, stepping on rocks, trout fishing or fishing? You've seen the rocks, they were big, and you still fell anyway. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget up on Curtis Creek one day, stepped out on a rock, I mean, as big as three of these pews. I cast out there, and a friend of mine hollered, and I turned my head like that, and this is I turned my head, the trout hit, jerked me in there head first. What made me mad, I didn't catch the trout. I wanted to kill my buddy. I said, just as that big and hit, you hollered. And he's dying laughing. Yeah, he's dying laughing. We didn't go 50 yards. He fell. Looked like a duck doing the backstroke down that river. Hey, don't laugh at somebody else. You'll be the next one. You'll be the next one whining and crying, pouted up. I want somebody to pet it, amen, and pamper it, brag on it, amen. I'm talking about you tonight. Every person I know needs to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, you better put your big boy panties on. Times are going to get hard. Oh, we don't believe that, do we? Woo! Are you with me? Say amen. I'm glad God loves me. Now let's get to the second one there in verse 16. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. I could give an altar call right here. Now listen to me. I'm not here to down you tonight. I'm here to help you. Every person in this building has procrastinated. I'm glad there's two or three saying, oh me, and two or three laughed or been saying, oh me. Right? We should. How many of us have utilized every ounce of our time to the uttermost? None of us. None of us. There's times that we're tired, our body is tired, 
and we sit down when we know we ought to be doing just a little bit more. We really ought to be growing. Oh, Lord God, let me just go ahead and say, Oh, me, please forgive me, Lord, before I get to this next one. How many of us put our face too much in Facebook and not in the book? Oh, that hit me right turn the thumping gizzard. I know it hits you just as well because if you've got a phone, have you noticed, and I have, and I'm guilty, that people will eat their meal out and just as soon as they get done... Fourteen people with them and their faces in the Facebook. Hey, I'm guilty of that at times. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many would agree we're in the Saturday evening and time and the last few seconds if you want to really split a hair at it? I, I don't know how many saw today, but they're trying to push Russia back. Started today. Done invaded, went on the East Bank, pushing them back. Well, there's one or two things going to happen. Mark it down in your book. I'm not prophesying. I'm just telling you the facts of what's going to be. They're either going to push them back or it's going to start the worst world war there's ever been in the history of the world. And when you see these things come, note, going to be the last days friend we're in the last days already and you got a nut like Putin over there he care less he kill a million of his own people he care less you think he cares anything about killing us who's he done associated up with sure ain't our allies he's associated up with everyone that's against us talking about an army getting ready Listen to me now. It's either going to start the end or it will soon. Why? He said to grow. Right there is the book that you have to grow in grace and knowledge. (coughs) That book foretells our future. It tells our present. It tells our past. He said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What was the next B? Notice what he said now. Are you with me? Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with Coca-Cola. With the Spirit. Have you ever seen a day and an hour when the churches were dying because of the Spirit's gone? Oh, I didn't like that one, did you? Do you redeem your time? Ephesians chapter number 6, if you will, and verse number 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the... Say it. In the what? And watching thereunto with all what? Perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery 
of the gospel. Are you with me? A spiritual prayer life. The brother alluded to it this morning as we come and prayed with each folk that came down. And he's absolutely right. A lot of churches have quit that. They don't pray with them anymore. They're not in the spirit anymore. When's the last time that you saw somebody just break down in an altar? Weeping uncontrollably. I can give you a hint probably. At a funeral. At a funeral. When's the last time you heard that same wailing in the church? Hello? That's the spirit that we're talking about. A spirit of a broken heart and a contrite spirit that has come knowing what's going on and knowing folk are dying and going to hell. Amen. We can't even pray in the spirit. I wish unto God that one time that we'd get in a family circle and the Holy Ghost slay every one of us at the same time. Look like lightning hit in here. Get up and your shoe soles will be smoking because the Holy Ghost got so hot on you. Some of you done saying, oh, please don't let that happen. Hey, we'll get a wrecker in here and get us up. Amen. 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 I'll be one of you and take four or five of you to get me up. But hey, if God wants to slay me in the spirit, I'm willing. Lay it on me, Lord. Lay it on me, Lord. Hey, it might do you good to see this fat man slain in the spirit. It'd do you better if you was one slain in the spirit. But you'll never be slain in the Spirit till you learn how to pray in the Spirit. Amen. Now lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul he take. Good night. That's really a prayer life, ain't it? Don't none of my children take offense to this because my children say it as a blessing. But you're a grown-up. Can't you just tell him what's in your heart? I mean, really. Just talk to him like he's standing right there before you. Whether you're broken hearted or whether you're joy unspeakable. That old boy out there I noticed today out there at the Mexican restaurant, he must have had his giggle box turned over. He laughed more than any time I'd ever been out there. Everything they'd done, he was a laughing. And I thought, boy, he's happy. Then I thought... Why ain't I? Why ain't I happy? Sitting there with my family, got plenty of food in front of me. Grandbabies, great-grandbabies sitting there. Why ain't I shouting? Why ain't I laughing? Why ain't I filled with the Spirit? When I come to church and sit on a pew, where's the joy? Where's the unspeakable and full of glory in it? What's wrong with me? Can I give you an answer to that? Me. Me. That's what's wrong with me. Me. It ain't you, it's me. Oh, me. Thank you, Marvin. You're getting into you. Keep on. I'll get you saved after a while. Now, think about the church. Whose responsibility is it for you to pray in the Spirit? Oh, if they'll have a spiritual service, I'll really pray. Maybe if you'd really pray, we'd have a spiritual service. Woo! Hey, if you'd really pray, maybe that fat preacher could preach. Oh, we ain't liking it, but that's all right. God knows he give it to me. Matthew. You know where Matthew's at. All right. 
then I won't have to guide your hand. Matthew 22. <laughs> Matthew 22 and verse number 37, the Bible said, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Are you with me? Do you really love the Savior? There's no river too deep or too wide. No mountain too high. No distance too far. You're the love of my life. I'll see you. I'm coming because I want to be with you. And this letter goes on for 20 or 30 minutes of all the obstacles. And nothing was too great. There was nothing too deep. There was nothing too hard, too high, too far, too wide. Nothing was going to stop that boy from seeing that girl. P.S. Postscript. If it don't rain, I'll see you tomorrow. Ain't that the way we love God? God, if ain't a ball game, I'll see you. If, if the fish ain't biting, I'll be at church. <laughs> God, you know it rained yesterday and I have to mow my grass. Boy, that's a weak excuse. I don't like mowing my grass that much. I like to see it mowed, but I ain't real crazy about mowing it. I mean, I don't jump out of the bed this morning and say, Hey, I get to mow grass. No. So what's hindering us? What's holding us back? What's keeping us from growing? What's keeping us from really showing a true love for God? The world in us. The world out there can't, but the world in us. And we let it infiltrate us to the point where it robs us of the joy of the house of God. (laughs) There was a time in Christian's life because David said it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So there was a time when there was joy in going to the house of the Lord. I got to do it. The Lord just put it through my mind and I'm going to do it. You know there's several groups of people that come to church, right? There's them that come that love God. There's them that come to find a date. There's them that come to see what you are wearing so they can gossip about it. They want to know if you change the color of your hair. Oh, it looks so good. Did you see what they've done to their hair? I can't believe they wore that to church. Oh, I'm in your backyard. I know I am. What happened to going to church because you love God? 
You know, I guess that old joke, I, I, it was probably true, wasn't it, about the woman and the preacher told her to walk around holding a glass of water and hit pool. How many knows that story? You know, that's probably true. And if we'd really get focused on the living water of God, we wouldn't notice all this around us. Used to have a man right here in this church and every other Sunday, if not every Sunday, take me in my office. Did you see so-and-so? Did you see what they're doing while we were praying? Well, no, I had my eyes closed. How could I see them? They were holding hands. Are y'all holding hands? Quit that if you enjoy. Oh, well, get your hand out and hold your wife's hand. That's what I told him. I said, they're married. He's got a right to hold her. Hey, even if they're dating, they've got a right to hold hands. And be honest with you, I wanted to slap him. I thought, why are you focused on everything but your own prayer life? How are you ever going to grow when I'm always picking at Richard, picking at Carl, picking at Benny? How am I going to grow? Because I'm guilty of the same things. But I only see the faults when it's somebody else's. I only bring it up when it's somebody else's. I'm really growing, ain't it? <laughs> we call them nozellas. They know everything but what God wants. And by the way, if I thought they were doing something wrong, I'd have been praying, God, show them. Show them through the Holy Spirit. Show them, God. I, I don't need to tell them. God, you send the Holy Spirit to that pew. Sit right down with them. Let the Holy Spirit explain to them and show to them what they need to be doing in the house of God. Now, do we want to get out my little, my mind and... <laughs> woo, help me, somebody. Come on, Chris. Give me an amen. Can't even beg one out of you. Well, it doesn't matter. You're supposed to say amen. The preacher, the preacher, my ties are short because of my fat neck. This certain preacher's ties was always his belt buckle. And by theory, you're supposed to be within an inch or so of your belt buckle to be proper. This lady took her pastor into his office and said, Preacher, I love you preaching. I love coming to church here. There's one thing you do that drives me crazy. He said, Well, what is it, sis? He said, Your ties are too long. They're supposed to be at the top of your belt buckle. He hands her a pair of scissors. said, Just cut it off where you think it needs to be. She cut it off right above his belt buckle. Handed the pastor the scissors back. He said, well, since we're getting on this subject and settling these things, he said, sis, there's one thing that bothers me about you. She said, what is it, pastor? He said, your long tongue. Stick it out here and let me prune it for you. Right? Listen, folks, ain't none of us perfect. 
But we ought to be growing. We ought to be encouraging. Yes, we ought to tell them the truth. But browbeating them ain't the truth about it. You want to fight me? Just keep browbeating me. You'll have fight on your hands. Amen. My daddy ain't alive no more, but he'd hollered amen right there. Hard-headedest young and I ever seed. And I'd say, yep, daddy, mama said I act just like you. That's what mama always told me. Said, you act just like your daddy. Are we so hard to get along with? That we can't see our own faults and see that we need to grow. We need to grow. If we done as much praying as we done complaining, what would that do for the church? I'm serious, folks. If we were so earnest in our prayers as we are repeating, gossiping, busybody, the Bible says, Woo! That's what they paid a preacher to do. You right? <laughs> I'm paid to meddle in your affairs. You pay me a salary so I can read the word, so I can interpret the word to you, and it'll help you to grow. Right? So let's take and don't waste the money. Woo! Boy, that hurt right there, didn't it? Let's don't waste the money. Let's grow from this message. How many wants me to end it right there or finish it? <laughs> Back on up while we're there in Matthew chapter number 5. <clears throat> I'll just be honest with you. I'm glad tonight that I've got a church that I can preach to. I'm glad that I don't have to be worried about taking it in the back and vote it out because I preach the truth. Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 Matthew chapter 5 verse number 20 Are you there? For I say unto you That except your righteousness Shall exceed the righteousness Of the scribes and the Pharisees Ye shall in no case enter Into the kingdom of heaven I ain't got two hours to go into that. Scribes and the Pharisees. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Those were the strictest of the law. Scribes were writing it down. The Pharisees was reading it. And they was making sure everybody told the line. But themselves... That's exactly what it was. We're so quick in our growth pattern to see everybody else's mistakes and we want to butter and cover our own. Until you learn your own mistakes, you will never grow. You know what a mistake is, don't you? A mistake to me is another opportunity to get it right. Because you've learned from that mistake. You know what not to do. What is that big fancy word when you do the same thing over and over? (laughs) Expecting different results. 
That really is insane, isn't it? I, I believe I can do that again. I don't believe it would turn out that way. <laughs> How many has ever touched electric fence? How many ever touched electric fence when it was grounded? Ain't got no juice. My oldest son were working on the electric fence, and he kept saying, Daddy, the box is gone bad. I said, no, it ain't, son. I said, it's blinking. I said, it's grounded somewhere. So we get back up there to the box, and he is mad because he's having to go around the fence over and over and over. I'll just prove to you. He unhooks the wires and sticks his fingers to the Turn it on, Daddy. I said, son, that'll knock you for a loop. It ain't, it's broke. Carl, I plugged her up. It was called a Super Chopper 707. I'll never forget it. My 1,300-pound stud horse, it knocked him completely to the ground. It turned my son a somersault. Yeah, my stud run down our... Let him out, and he run down there and run his neck over it, and he said, pow! And he said, right down on it. And it was still hitting him, pow, pow! And he's trying to get to his feet. I'll guarantee you, you couldn't get him within 20 foot of that fence from then on. It eat him up. So I just stuck it in and pulled it back out and said, pow! I said, does it work? So I believe it does, Daddy, I believe it does. I said, you sure you want me to plug it up again? Why do we keep making the same mistakes? Why do we keep doing the same thing over and over? Boy, Satan's on his job, ain't he? Satan's really on his job. Because the more he can get you to argue and fuss and fight, whine and cry, that'll stunt your growth. And if you're not growing, old man C.A. Hensley taught me this. He said, if you're not growing, you might as well be backsliding because you ain't making no progress. You ain't going forward. He said, God's always going forward. And if you're not going with him, guess what? You're losing ground. So growing that grace and knowledge means something tonight that a lot of Christians don't really understand. Hey, it's not how loud you shout. It's not how many cartwheels you turn or gargle BBs or speak in tongue. It's how you walk when you leave here. And all of those are good. But it ain't no good at all if you ain't where you ought to be with God. Now let me read that one more time. For I say unto you that except your righteousness, are you with me? Shall exceed. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Ye shall in no case enter. Well I'm going to heaven. Are you sure? Into the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? Say amen. Let's go into 2 Corinthians and I'll try to close. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Thank you for those that's prayed for me tonight. I was 
afraid my sinuses wasn't going to let me. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 17. For our light affliction, are you with me? Which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Are you with me? But the things which are not seen are eternal. Can you say amen? I guess the only way I could put that scripture tonight is, are you dying daily? And do you realize you're dying daily? Chapter (coughs) number five. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house, not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. So, notice it, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. How are you looking tonight? For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. That's what growth is all about. We left the restaurant today and Nene and Kenji was riding with me. We started across the new bridge and Nene said, I don't like this bridge. I said, honey, why? It's brand new. Surely it won't fall. She said, it might. And I got to thinking, yeah, it could. Right? They fall every day. I mean, I've seen them fall before they ever get them put up. Then we circle and come back and are going under the bridge. I said, now we're going to have to go under it. I said, boy, I hope and pray it don't fall down for sure. You're on top of it, you might ride it out, but underneath it, you ain't going to do much riding. It'll be over. But how many of us drive across those bridges and under those bridges by faith? Never look up. My son, that big one up in, uh, where was it, D.C. that fell? Next to the uh, tunnel up there. Wasn't it? No, it's above DC. Anyway, Jason had just called me a couple hours. Said, I just crossed that bridge. Then a few hours later, it collapsed. How many thousands of trucks had crossed it? Never thought nothing about it. 
then all of a sudden it collapses. Right? So if we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge, yeah, we're going to have to drive over some of them bridges and drive under some of them bridges. But we're going to have to take it by faith that growing, if God takes us however he takes us, when we're absent from the body, we will be present with the Lord. But I read in your hearing, if our righteousness don't exceed, that's the word I wanted you to catch, exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. There's more to it than just saying I'm a Christian. There's more to it than saying I went to an altar of prayer. There's more to it in the growing process. Are you with me? Than to say, I've got my name on the roll at church. There's more to this thing. Does your righteousness grow or is it fading? Is it withering? Is it dying out? This message tonight was to encourage us that we should grow. Now let me finish the message with C.A. Hensley's old saying. A child that grows too fast is abnormal. And a child that grows too slow is abnormal. He told me this when I first got saved, Daniel. He said, son, just try to be normal. I said, Uncle A, I'm a Hensley. Ain't none of us normal. Right. Really, there ain't none of us normal, are there? We've all got our quirks and our faults, and, and, and there's things that we could do that we don't do. There's things that we're doing we don't need to do. So anyway you look at it, we could all grow. If we want to have revival, guess what? We're going to have to acknowledge it. That I need to grow. That where my righteousness will at least exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. The Bible said if the righteous scarcely be saved. Where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? If the righteous scarcely be saved. I only know one way to put that. The only shoe in that we have is to stay in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we are guaranteed. Like I said up there at Victory that night, I was preaching up there here a while back. What are you doing here? He said I could come. What are you doing here? You don't meet the criteria of the Baptists. You don't meet the criteria of the free will. You ain't in no association. Your name ain't on no billboard nowhere. What makes you think you can come into heaven? He said I could. He said I could. He said I could come. I want to shout and run right there. Do you want to grow or are you satisfied with where you're at? Everybody stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The altar's open if you need to come. Make your way tonight. Father, I'm glad there's room for growth in a Christian's life. I'm glad, God, that we're not be satisfied until we see you face to face and hear those words. Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. Father, I'm so glad tonight that I realize that I do sin and I do come short of the glory of God. 
And Lord, that I can repent. I can grow. And I can be an encouragement to others that they can grow. So Father, let it be so tonight that we've heard the word, not only hear it, Lord, but we'll be doers of that word, Father. That Lord, our growth pattern, God, it will exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. God, help me to realize that. God, you're looking, you're looking for the blood. And if the blood is applied the way it should be, there will be growth. So help us, Lord. Help us to lay aside every weight that would easily beset us. Help us to learn to run this race, Father. That, Lord, we could not only do it ourselves, but be an encouragement to others that's running. And, Lord, let us be a no hindrance to no one. But, God, let us please sow the seed as we go to encourage others in Christ Jesus. We humbly pray and ask it for His glory. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.